The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast with your host, metaphysician, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist, Christy Clemens-Hoffman. Each week, we will discover teachings, tips, and tools to radiate your best life ever with practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Welcome back to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today, we radiate awareness with Patrick Strand who was born in Norway in 1957, has lived in the UK since 1998, who is interested in meditation and spirituality and has been for quite some time and is the author of Flowering into Awareness, a Spiritual Manifesto for the 21st Century. Hello, Patik. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, hello, Christy, and thank you very much for inviting me. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very honored and uh, delighted to be talking to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Now, I can tell that you've got this uh, Norwegian accent. It's absolutely lovely. <laughs> <laughs> very yes. charming, I think. <laughs> well, I hope so. <laughs> um, uh, well, wonderful. Well, let's dive into it. Why do, well, let me just first say this book, um, Flowering into Awareness, it's a spiritual manifesto comprised of several essays about the status of where we are right now. Why do you think this book was needed? Um, Well, it was needed, first of all, because I felt the urge to write it and get it published. But it's also needed because I think we're at a point in the history of humanity where spiritual transformation on a planetary scale is urgently necessary. Uh, this is really the nature of the crisis that we are currently facing. It's a crisis in consciousness, and it's a crisis that has ultimately has an, a spiritual uh, solution. So there is that need for a, for a transformation of humanity, which, which really comes from within each individual. That's where it needs to happen. And it really means, when I say transformation, that really means something as simple 
or could be very difficult, but it's sim simple to understand to transform fear into love and greed into generosity and competition into cooperation. We need to be together as a community, as a planetary community. Oh my goodness. So where do you feel like this crisis of consciousness came from? How do you feel like it, how do we get here? Well, uh, I think it's been a, a process that's been building up over a very, very long time. In fact, not just years or decades, but centuries at least. Because if we look back at the, the part of human history that we are aware of, we can see that there's always been conflict and wars and uh, misery for a lot of people. And uh, this has not uh, become any less as the years have passed. In fact, now, look at the world and the chaos in the world now and the conflicts uh, that we are facing. Uh, it's uh, gone beyond the point where uh, you can't really negotiate to, you know, uh, become a, like a better create a better society or anything like that, a fundamental change needs to happen within humans because otherwise we are bound to repeat this um, long series of mistakes where we are opposing each other and, and fighting each other when really the most natural and easiest thing is to be together as a community without these conflicts. But in order to achieve that, we really need to uh, go through this kind of spiritual transformation that I'm, I'm talking about. And yeah. um, you can only do that, really, if you uh, get passionate about it, and if you get to a much deeper understanding of, of who you are, in essence, because conflicts really start at that very individual, personal level. Mm -hmm. Because there is a misunderstanding of who we are. We think we're an ego, a separate entity that needs to fight and, and compete with others in order to survive. Uh, but as long as it is like that, there's always going to be a conflict because if there's a separate me and a separate you, straight away there is a division there. And that division automatically, by its nature, will create some level of conflict. Right. And that, of course, will then spread out into the world, joining all the other little conflicts. And before you know it, we can have big conflicts, like huge conflicts between nations. It can escalate into war and all the rest of it. So it's, uh, it is a crisis, but I feel that this is a crisis in consciousness more than anything else. And there is only a, a spiritual solution and as long as we can manage to solve these problems on that really most fundamental level, it'll be a lot easier to get all the other stuff sorted and find a way together to create a new world, which is based not in conflict, but in harmony, and where we can meet each other with unconditional love and live in peace. And uh, it's, uh, it's not rocket science, it's, it's straightforward really, but uh, we are, most of us are 
very much kind of identified with this personal entity and what we think that we have to have and we want our you know power and we want prestige and and we're materialistic collecting all these things and lots of money and so on and so forth if you just go by what we actually need it's very simple we can still live in abundance yes but we can go by what we need not what we necessarily think we want because that is for the most part stuff that will only have a detrimental impact on our relationships and on the planet as a whole yes yes so um and you talked about this being kind of an inf- like a like an individual transformation with each person um and I do apologize. I'm, I'm doing this from home because we do have a snow day today, and um, apparently my city doesn't really know how to handle snow. And my <laughs> furnace has just kicked on. So if you're listening to this on the audio or on the video, you'll notice that my, my furnace has come on. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, this is the modern world we live in. We do these things from home. So um, you talked about this transformation coming on the individual basis how how does it start how do we even begin to create this shift within ourselves in order to actually go through this kind of spiritual transformation uh, I think you need to have a passion about it and this is not something that you can kind of just um bring about just as a, like a belief system or anything like that. I think it needs to happen in, in a way that is something that makes a difference in your own life. You have to actually see it and understand that this is, this is urgent and necessary because only then can you find a way into this kind of um, exploration and this kind of work, because otherwise it becomes just another idea or a belief system. And uh, it's it's important to to make it something that is absolutely essential. So there isn't really like a like a series series of steps you can go through, and then you can manage to kind of change yourself or or whatever it is. But I think also that life is actually putting us into a situation now uh, on, the, on, the, on the global scale where we are forced to actually face certain issues and become more aware. So that is like an awakening process that's happening now all across the planet. Yes. And uh, it is something that is coming from a much deeper level. It's life itself that, in a way, is kind of forcing this upon us. So we then go through a process that can very often be uncomfortable. And you know, at the moment, we're facing a lot of adversities in so many ways, in so many areas, and a lot of problems, and, and people are struggling in so many ways. But 
the kind of silver lining to all that is that people start to try to look at things in a different way and find different solutions. Yeah. And uh, this kind of awakening will then be more of a, an, an organic process that happens spontaneously. But at the same time, uh, that passion that I'm talking about, of course, needs to be awakened in each of us because you could say that, well, there is nothing in life that is free in a sense. It's not like you, we can just sit back and all of a sudden life on this planet is going to be just wonderful for everybody. It's not that easy because I feel that humanity is in the process of being spiritually reborn. And being born is very often uh, can be a painful process. It doesn't come easy. It doesn't come easy. So uh, we just have to accept that and face the problems that uh, that we meet in this in this process uh, and really do the best we can with it. But it's very important that we are. Um, helping each other and that we are committed to connecting with people in, in, the, in the real way and, and creating kind of a new kind of community or maybe even a new kind of society because it looks like in many ways that the society that we are kind of accustomed to and that we become used to for, for many, many years uh, it doesn't seem to function that well anymore. So we might need to create something entirely different. And we can only do that together. We can't do that as long as we are just separate and just, you know, hiding from each other. Right, right. Well, in today's um, current climate, that's kind of difficult. You know, we've got COVID and lockdowns, et cetera, et cetera. How can we, how can we come together given some of those limitations? Well, I think that uh, we need to come together in spite of these limitations because many of these limitations have been opposed, imposed upon us for whatever reason. I don't want to start to speculate about what might be behind that, but we still need to have this uh, direct human interaction because we need that. Yeah. We are social creatures, and uh, we suffer if we are isolated, and that's the reality of it. So uh, all these uh, different measures that they put in place, the lockdowns and all the rest of it, uh, they've had a, a, a very negative effect, I think, and... Uh, I think we are paying a very high price for that. So uh, I feel that this has been a very unfortunate way of, of dealing with this kind of scenario that we find ourselves in. Now, we also know that there are many, many people around the world who seek this higher spiritual awareness and who are having their own, you know, this awakening. And yet there's still Nazis. <laughs> In, <laughs> I was listening to a news report out of Florida this morning. 
uh-huh. there are actual Nazis and and there are people calling in bomb threats to historically black colleges and this is I'm talking about this country but it's not just America it's, there are new populist movements neo-Nazi movements all over the world so how can we you know how can we respond yeah so this dichotomy here and this split this rift how can we res- respond when we want peace and we want unity? Now, of course, obviously, when people are being violent, if that happens, that is obviously part of the problem because people can respond in a violent way or be threatening violence or whatever it is only from a, from a, a space of ignorance. So obviously, any kind of violent action uh, is something that needs to be dealt with in whatever way is appropriate. But I would have thought that Nazis would be in a very small minority in the world. I know that there are people with these kind of views, but I don't think they have any real influence. Um, But uh, of course, you know, when some... Uh, violent action or whatever uh, does happen uh, it's not as if we just ignore it, we can't do that but on the other hand we we also can't force other people to change or to have a different view than they do have I mean it's I think it should be uh, up to everybody to have whatever opinions that they want but if that escalates into uh, actions that will uh, actually cause harm or injury to other people or the property, then that's a, that's a step too far. That's that's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. But of course, in, in all these kind of new strange situations we find ourselves in now, there are no really easy answers, and we really have to be quite sensitive and uh, try to uh, deal with these kind of situation in a way that doesn't kind of um, exaggerate the problem and, and bring it into even a higher degree of, of well, potential violence or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So even though people might be disagreeing about a lot of things these days, I think it's also important to try to understand what other people are saying and the diff- if they have a different point of view, to actually look at that. And uh, we can all learn something from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. You know, when someone has so much hatred in their hearts that they feel like they need to turn that against other people, groups of people, we should probably seek to help understand where that where that level of hatred and animosity comes from. Um, not that we can, sh- not to share it, but to understand it and mm-hmm. try to create this, this bridge between mm. peoples, right? Yes, because we can only kind of diffuse this tension if we actually do connect and try to communicate. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's very important. 
because as long as people are in kind of different camps and they don't want to kind of communicate at all with the, with what they see as their okay or um, their enemies basically then there's very little chance of actually uh, resolving that conflict yeah so communication and and really connecting with others in a direct way is, is very important Yes, yes, yes. Um, now, your book, I want to turn back to the book. Your book is a series of essays. Um, mm-hmm. And these, I'm assuming, were written over quite a quite a long period of time. And um, so what was your inspiration when you sat down to write one of these essays? It's just like, what kind of created that, that energy to, to bring these thoughts into life? Well, it was born out of my own kind of process, the kind of spiritual journey that that I've been on for for many years. Because I, uh, uh, starting a long time ago now, in the late 1970s, I've been on this kind of spiritual journey where I've kind of discovered more and more and... uh, explored more and more, and then also, over time, learned to actually kind of verbalize my understanding and to put it into words, and then especially through writing, which is really my medium, uh, more than anything else. So it's really written out of my own kind of experiences, and this, I think, very natural need to share with other people you feel that you have something that is of value and you just want to share it and and give it to others so it's 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 a it's a gift to the world in a sense and uh, it's just that urge uh, inner urge to to just open up and and uh, share that kind of creativity with other people so that that's really what's behind the writing in the first place. Mm-hmm. Because one thing is to just write something and then just keep it to yourself, which is okay. I, I'm not saying that that's, that's wrong or anything, but okay. it takes on a different dimension if you start to share it with other people. So that's why I felt I wanted to get this published. Yes. And... Um, Luckily, my publisher was uh, very enthusiastic and they've been very, very helpful and very good to me. Yeah, I'm grateful for that. Yes, I have to put out another plug for John Hunt Publishing. They're wonderful at getting these type of writings out. Yes, yes, they're very good. Yes, very, very good. Now, I know that you this spiritual awakening that you were talking about in the 70s came in part from uh, Krishnamurti. And how did that, how did finding Krishnamurti's work influence you or change your trajectory? Well, that was really like uh, a huge awakening because I had become uh, interested in like spiritual matters uh, probably about 1975, mid 70s, when I was introduced to meditation and yoga and. uh, more like uh, 
spiritual philosophy of life, but I don't know if I really understood it very well or, you know, I was young and inexperienced and didn't know what I wanted. But then I think it was in 1978, I came across this book by Krishnamurti called uh, Freedom from the Known. And reading that really changed my life. It was like from nighttime into daytime. It's really a huge difference because that was the first time I could actually read something that I could see straight away was was true because I, I could see the truth of it in my own experience. And that's what made the difference. Because it's one thing to read something and feel like, yeah, this this sounds reasonable, and uh, uh, I might, you know, just start to believe in that or whatever. But if you, if you read something or hear something that you can instantly see the truth of it, then that makes a big difference. And I became very passionate about really understanding what I was reading, and. Uh, it led to me having several quite profound spiritual experiences that really changed my life forever. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you know that Radiate Wellness is more than just a podcast? That's right. We're also a comprehensive holistic wellness practice. Find out about our services, practitioners, and upcoming events at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. While you're there, visit our podcast page to read more about our great guests and even donate to the podcast. If you like our podcast, you can help in other ways as well, like subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening right now. Tell a friend, a family member, or a coworker about the great content you find here. And if you wouldn't mind, please give us a thumbs up, a five-star rating, or a positive review. Sounds like a small thing, but it really helps. You might like to know about our Facebook communities while we're at it. We have a free community, the Radiate Wellness Community, on Facebook 
for news and great free content. Our subscribers group is Radiate U, as in the letter U, but also, well, you. There you'll find curated replays of past classes, guest interviews, and more. And now, back to our podcast and back to our guest. And uh, I had this experience of basically seeing that I don't exist as a separate identity. I, 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 I am not that. And yet at the same time, I could see that I am just one with everything. That everything is kind of inside in a sense. There is no separation between me and and the world or other people. Yes. Uh, so that was a totally new way of seeing things and experiencing the world. And it led to an a totally new understanding of who I am. So my life changed quite radically. So uh, that was the, that was the start of it. That wasn't the, like the end of the journey. That was just moving into a different dimension, in a sense, into a new kind of journey where there wasn't really a goal as such, or the goal was the journey itself, constantly exploring and expanding. Uh, and that has continued uh, to this day, and I think uh, will always continue because that is that is the real adventure, at least the way I see it. So it was like that moment uh, that really changed everything. Wow. So, what was life for you like before that? Like, what type of background did you come from? This sounds like a radical change, in other words. So yes. what was, what was, what were you like before this spiritual awakening? Well, I was, in many ways, a very typical teenager, uh, kind of confused, didn't know much about anything, really, when I think, think back on that, that period in my life, but it was also a very exciting time, of course. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, my, my background before that, you know, my family, they they weren't, uh, my parents weren't religious or, you know, inclined towards spirituality, but they gave us the gift of unconditional love. So that was really my first experience. Sure. And I'm always, always grateful for that. Because they showed us through action what that actually means. And if that's your first learning experience, that makes a huge difference because love is also absolutely central to spirituality and a spiritual way of life. Without love, unconditional love, none of it means anything. So I would say before this really big shift happened, I would say I was just confused and kind of like so many other young people just searching for some kind of answer to what I wanted to do in life and where I was going and what it all meant and it's like going from one thing to another and then all of a sudden this happens and there's a different kind of clarity and uh, 
it doesn't mean that you know uh, life becomes all easy and singing and dancing and uh, there are no more challenges life will always present us with challenges and that's part of the beauty of it because we grow through how we meet these challenges and how we deal with whatever uh, problems that we have to have to face and pass through mm -hmm. so um I feel that we should always be grateful for the uh, challenges that life is actually throwing at us because that's just part of the journey and, and, and part of the very exciting adventure that is life living. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a common misconception that once you adopt this spiritual path and begin meditating and begin you know, really feeling that peace within that, you know, the challenges, that there are no more challenges. And that's the furthest from the truth. It's just that we feel perhaps better prepared or a uh, better understanding of what those challenges are. Yes, yes, absolutely. Because uh, you get a different kind of perspective on life and a much deeper understanding of the... Uh, the, the, the process that you go through in life, not that you kind of solve the, the mystery of life, because that mystery is just deepening and uh, becoming uh, just more and more uh, exciting in a sense. And uh, I, there's this quote, I can't remember exactly who said it, but it was that... Uh, Life isn't a, a problem to be solved. It's a mystery to be lived. I think that is beautiful. That is so true. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mystery, even though it's always going to be a mystery. And the mystery is deepening. <laughs> I love that. I'd never heard that before, but it is so, that is so true. You know, and I always equate it to a film or a novel that if the hero or heroine of the film or novel has no challenges well then where what's the point of the of the story they're all exactly yeah. we have to have challenges to overcome in order to make mm -hmm. it interesting yes absolutely and also then to uh, get the impetus in in a sense to create something new and something beautiful yeah. Because it's very often when we meet challenges and, and, and difficulties that we are able to create something new, something that we uh, could never have dreamt of before because it's like it gives us a, a, like a, a, a shot of energy in a sense and we access something deeper. So the challenge, obviously, then is, of course, to, to face all these uh, different problems, whatever they might be in life, in a way that is constructive and creative. Yeah. Because then we can actually, uh, uh, then we can, then we can grow and create something new. Exactly. I mean, really, life is all about change and growth. And if we embrace that, then we can be in peace. And I, I think if we don't embrace that. That's where we can get stuck. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, so that kind of brings me to my next question is your title. 
flowering into awareness. Where did that come from? What is there? What is the the, the metaphor, the story behind that? Well, it was it was uh, kind of strange because I was wondering what to call this book, and um, I kind of had various options that I was thinking about. And they seemed fine. I could have called it several things that I did think about, but one day this just came to me. It was just like that. It was like something just popping into your head, and there it is. And I like the kind of image of flowering, that kind of metaphor, into awareness, because awareness is fundamentally what we are. And if we consciously go through that flowering into awareness, that is really the transformation. Yeah, yeah. Because once we realize that we are awareness, that there isn't like an entity that is aware, there is only awareness, only awareness is aware, and we know that we are that, then uh, that really is the flowering. So it is that kind of transformation that it actually points to. But I, I felt that that title was beautiful because there was also a kind of poetic aspect to it. It was a, almost like poetry. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, it's very metaphorical. And, you know, the flowering part of the plant or the time of the plant really is just one stage in that plant's life. But we mm -hmm. all think that this is the the ultimate. But it's really just like one passage, one one state. So that, I I just feel like this title is so poetic. It's beautiful. Yes. About how our awareness can grow like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how do you feel like your um, maybe your worldview, your spirituality, your awareness has flowered? since 1975, 1976? Mm -hmm. Well, I have gone through a lot of changes on the personal level. Sure. Because I have done what they call a lot of work on myself. Uh, and I have become much more... Uh, um, Centered and much more loving and harmonious than I was back in those days. But what is uh, very important to understand is that awareness itself does not change because that is always constant. Yes. And I I mentioned in the book and a piece of advice that was given to me by the great spiritual teacher, Jean Klein, about 25 years ago, I think it must have been, maybe 30 years ago. He said, meditate on that which never changes. And that was like a key to, that opened a new door for me because I did realize then that what doesn't change is precisely that fundamental sense of being, which is awareness or consciousness itself. That never changes. However, what we go through during our lives 
That is always something new that always changes. We have all these different experiences. Some really good ones, some really bad ones. There's pleasure, there's pain, there's sadness, there's happiness. Anything you can think of, we can go through all of this, and it's always something new, always changing. Yet the awareness that is there as the fundamental kind of dimension that embraces all of that, that is always there, constant, because that is not something that exists really on the level of form. Because anything on the level of form is bound to go through changes and eventually uh, decay and disappear. Because what is born must die. So if you want to get rid of death, you have to get rid of birth. There's no other way. But if you become aware that awareness itself is actually what you are, and that is something that doesn't change, it's not touched by death or decay, it's always constant, and that is really the eternal that has no death. Yes. So death is, of course, a, a very significant transition, and uh, we should not underestimate the uh, importance of it. It's a huge thing, of course, to go through the process of dying, uh, but what you are, awareness itself, isn't something that's touched by that at all. And uh, if we can just understand that simple fact, just that is in itself makes a big difference. Because then you can't possibly be afraid of death anymore, like so many people are. But people are afraid of death because they have accepted it uh, primarily materialistic paradigm or philosophy of life that says that what we can see or touch or feel with our senses, that's it. The material world is everything that is, and once you die, then that's it, finished. So that will create a fear of death because uh, it's a very unnatural kind of philosophy that uh, requires a lot of kind of mental gymnastics to actually make any sense at all. So to me, it doesn't make sense because if you realize that awareness is the true reality of our essence, then death doesn't really have that kind of... Um, uh, there's no terror in death anymore. Right. We still try to, to live as as long as we can and do the best we can in life, and and it's it's natural to try to preserve life, obviously. But you know, we accept that there is an end to this particular kind of journey that we are going through in life. Mm -hmm. um, but we can meet that in a different way than uh, what is very often the case in our society. Mm -hmm. Right, right. There is that kind of survivalistic type of fear hardwired into us about that. But, um, I mean, it really sounds like what you're talking about is a, is a more or less a doctrine of acceptance. Yes, uh, absolutely. But that, that, that acceptance is something that you can't really 
adopt as a belief or force yourself to just accept because uh, that is not uh, it's not natural but if you if you really understand awareness and that this is what you are you will also come to know that acceptance or awareness is totally accepting of everything just think about that you know everything that happens in life even the really most horrible things awareness or consciousness totally accepts it embraces it and it's also totally non-judgmental there's no judgment of anything right it's just accepted and embraced as it is even the most horrible experiences because even those experiences are learning experiences even those are uh, food for our spiritual growth. But it's always a question of how we respond to it. But of course, really very, very difficult experiences. It can be incredibly hard to go through. And you just have to uh, acknowledge that and, and uh, realize that that's, that's how it is. Yes, and even accept that, yes, this is hard right now. And accept that, yes, I'm feeling really bad about this right now. Accept that, yeah, mm-hmm. this is probably the most difficult thing that I've done. So, um, yeah, I think that's kind of an important underline there. Now, this Flowering into Awareness is not the only book that you've written. You also have... No, it is. It's, it's actually my, my second book. Exactly. I, I wrote another book before this, and uh, that was published in 2010. It's called All This Is That. Yes. It's out of print now, so it's not a book that is easy to find. <laughs> uh, but that was a different kind of book because it was basically uh, 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 written in the... In the in the in the form that we call literary nonfiction. So basically, it's a story. Yes. But a lot of it is actually nonfiction, all the same. So trying to mix those genres together is kind of awkward. But uh, I just felt like having a go at it. Uh, so, uh, but I'm hoping to uh, maybe write a new version of that book because uh, I think there's some. Uh, there's some uh, potential for that book as well. Sure. So we'll have to see yeah. uh, what I do when, uh, when I've kind of uh, gone through the process of, of publishing this book. Because, I mean, it was, I mean, in America, this book was published two days ago, I think. Yes, flower. And then here in the UK, it was published last week. So it's very, very new. <laughs> And of course, we are recording this in very early February. So uh, by the time this comes out, it will have been out for mm, probably about a month or so. And um, so this is exciting. But there's already another book in the the works, it sounds like. Yes, I, I'm planning it. It's in the planning stages. Uh, yeah. And I don't know how long it would take to write it, but... Uh, that's part of the fun of it. That is you never part. know what you're up against until you do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, you've got a very uh, avid blog here, you know, per- fairly prolific blog that you've got on your website. 
talking about the new earth, the new human, uh, mm-hmm. peace, how to have peace in our time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, I would urge our listeners, if you're interested in Pathique's work, to go and look at that. And can you give us your the title of your website, please? Yes, it's 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 basically just my name, pathikstrand.com. Mm-hmm. That's all. And that's all. And there's a way to contact you. I'm actually looking at it now, but I wanted to hear it from you. Yeah, um, yeah there's, there's, a, there's a contact form on, on the uh, website. And uh, I'm happy to hear from people who feel like uh, getting in touch. That's wonderful. I love that you make yourself available like that. Um, is there anything else that you feel like we haven't talked about? Anything that you think is important to mention that we haven't mentioned? Um, I think it's important. Well, you probably have mentioned it, but uh, it's important now for all of us to uh, actually support each other as much as we can because we are living through difficult times and it's it's hard for everybody regardless of how we see what is going on in the world so that is uh, probably the most important thing we can do now is to be there for each other uh, as much as we can to, to whatever extent we can do that yeah uh, so uh, that that is, uh, I feel, quite this essential now. Yeah. Uh, and also, we need to um, try to understand people who have a different point of view, and to communicate with them, and try to find out well why do they think like that? Why is it that they have this particular way of looking at what's happening? And these particular opinions. Um, So if we can just start on that kind of conversation and and, uh, connect with each other and really talk to each other and and try to understand each other, I feel that everything will be much easier. It will be much easier for all of us. because we should not underestimate what we're actually up against. So um, the the connections we can make with each other, that, that is really the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And explore, of course, the possibilities of, of creating a new earth that is governed by love, harmony, and peace. And I have always been convinced that this world is possible and I feel that this is actually something that is going to happen. But how it is going to happen, that's that's not clear. Because we can't really predict in detail how life is going to play out. But I feel that it's an urgent necessity for humanity to go through this spiritual transformation that we are talking about. Because otherwise, we are bound to just repeat the same old mistakes again and again and again. And it is not very constructive. It is destructive. And uh, uh, I feel that we have reached a point where we cannot live like that anymore. We need to find this new way. 
and create a new earth, a new human inhabiting a new earth. Yes, I, I agree. I think that's beautiful, and that's something we should all and can all be working toward is having that understanding. Well, Pathik, it's been wonderful connecting with you. And again, the book is Flowering into Awareness, a spiritual manifesto for the 21st century um, by John Hunt Publishing. So thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you very much for inviting me. I really enjoyed our conversation. And uh, it was a great joy for me. Thank you. Radiate Wellness is an international community of holistic and alternative healers dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. I'm Laura Worcester, host of the Intuitive Life Podcast. As an intuitive medium and teacher working with the world of spirit, I love to share the peace that comes with the awareness that our departed loved ones are still with us. And I also love to help people explore what it means to live an intuitively led life. Start listening now on mindbodyspirit.fm or wherever you get your podcasts.